Welcome to the Everyman Sports Podcast, the show for fans, by fans. No former pros, no so-called experts, just real passionate fans. From outside on a porch to inside a living room, in the parking lot of a stadium to the dining room table, friends and families chat about their teams, their games, and what makes them cheer. This is Everyman Sports. Hello and welcome to another episode of Everyman Sports. My name is Chad. I'm the owner-operator of this podcast. Our number is 626-427-7678. That's 626-427-7678. With me this week is my dad. How you doing, Dad? I'm doing great, son, here in the man cave. There you go. Uh, here we are. It's a Merry Christmas to all who passed, a Happy Hanukkah, to which is currently going on, and a Happy New Year coming up soon, so... Uh, this will be our last broadcast before the new year, uh, and then uh, we'll see you on the other side for the playoffs. But let's first talk about the week that was in the NFL Week 16. Um, started off, we were recording during the Eagles-Giants game, and the uh, Eagles were able to pull out a big win over the Giants, 24-19, which allowed Dallas to uh, win the East and collect a first-round bye, and it guaranteed that the Giants would still have a playoff spot However, uh, it would only be as a wild card, which they've been pretty successful uh, the last two times uh, they had been in a wild card spot. So, um, But a big win for the Eagles. Lane Johnson coming back really turned the tide. We were talking about how that line shifted from the Giants as the favorite. Yeah, it flipped. It flipped, and um, I'm, I, I guess it was Lane Johnson and, uh, and also Janoris. Well, that, uh, Jennings was out the corner. Janoris Jenkins was out as well, yeah. So that was a big deal. Um, other games around, uh, the Dolphins uh, and Jay Ajayi with his third 200-yard rushing game of the season uh, won in overtime in Buffalo. We'll talk more about the Bills' ills uh, a little but, bit uh, later. He's, that running back's one of the um, the most underrated. Absolutely, Jay Ajayi. Um, and we'll also talk about fantasy football later, but uh, I can tell you personally, and I can also tell you around um, fantasy football leagues, JHIA was a key member of many uh, playoff and championship games this week. Uh, JHIA came through. Um, and now the Dolphins are going to the playoffs for the first time in uh, uh, since... Um, uh, ever. Well, <laughs> not ever, but... <laughs> um, <laughs> it's been a while. Uh, I think since um, the eleven and five a Wildcat team, uh, Tony Sperano's uh, team. Right. Whatever happened to him? Uh, Tony Sperano, I believe, is working offensive line for the Cowboys. I, I, I don't quote me on this. I'll actually look it up right now. Right. Um, you know, last. So they need. They really need to get back. They need to do a segment with ESPN. Where are they now? Oh sure. Well, that's the Sports Illustrated uh, thing. Oh okay. Uh, they are. He is currently the offensive line coach of the Miami Vikings. Oh boy. Uh, the Vikings. Hmm. Well, in Miami. So this global warming is uh, taking a swing. No, no. The my what I say Miami. The Minnesota Vikings. I'm sorry. Oh okay. My my apologies. He's uh, yes currently the offensive line coach for the Minnesota Vikings, which. You know, hasn't been doing too well this year, so he might be on his way out as well. Um, <laughs> so back to so enough about the past. Let's talk about the present and the future. In what can truly be called a Christmas and Hanukkah miracle, the Cleveland Browns win a game and will not go winless for the 2016 season. 
They pulled out a big win thanks in part to two missed field goals by the Chargers, winning 20-17 to in Cleveland. And that's a week after the league set a record in made field goals. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's it's a crazy league, but thank goodness for the Browns. And look, they celebrated. Hugh Jackson was very emotional after the win, and rightly so. Uh, it's well, not... he didn't blow any draft picks. <laughs> no, he didn't. Which uh, some victories late in the season can do. No, although it might be close if, if it tends that way. Uh, elsewhere, um, the Vikings, again, uh, could not get it done. Uh, to the point where Xavier Rhodes and a couple other defensive players were ignoring Mike Zimmer's coaching decisions and defense. If you listen to who? Well, who? Uh, the coach didn't say that. Well, he said some guys are going to do what they want to do, and uh, basically, me. And especially when you look at Jordy Nelson, uh, who went off for gosh, almost close to two hundred yards, two, I think two, three times. I forget, well, but a lot, well, a lot in the first half, basically. They adjusted on the second half, uh, where Xavier Rhodes, much like how Josh Norman was, cover on this side that Jordy Nelson was on. Apparently, right. they were they just defensive backs said, ah, "We're not going to cover him. We'll cover who we want." In any case, <laughs> the Packers blew up the Vikings, uh, which sets up an interesting matchup. We'll talk about that. So is uh, R E L A X back? I one, think one more game and. I think so. Be right again. Boy, I tell you what, the early those September, October, those weeks of the NFL really don't matter. So long as you're not like out of it and absolutely destitute in terms of your one loss record, you are in it. And the Packers well, are on a five game winning. It's kinda like driving in the snow. You can slip and slide, but you know, you get a little traction late and it pulls you through. And boy did it. Uh, Cardinals uh, almost gave... Oh, boy. Boy, did they almost blow a game in Seattle. Now, obviously, it doesn't matter for the Cardinals. Cardinals are going nowhere. They had a shot, um, but it took, it would have taken a lot of stuff. But they, they were beating up on the Seahawks real badly by halftime. And Russell Wilson comes back, throws, I think, for a four, total of four, three or four touchdowns. They tie the game 31-30 late in the game, but then the Cardinals march down the field, kick a winning field goal to win 34-31. But, uh, boy, if that doesn't... That make... sounded like a great game. I didn't see it. I didn't either. I was out. Um, and uh, it, it affected my fantasy football a little bit. Uh, again, we'll get to that. So, yeah, just a very interesting uh, uh, slate of Saturday games uh, on Christmas Eve. Uh, Texans pulled out a win over the Bengals. Uh, the Texans needed that game to survive, and they did. Um, pardon me, the Texans. Are they anything to get excited about? Uh, are the Texans something to get excited about? Maybe. It depends. They're going to host the Chiefs, it looks like, again, for the third straight year. Uh, well, if the fullback's at quarterback, they're in trouble. And if, uh, well, <laughs> I don't know. Um, but, yeah, so the Bengals had a chance to win it. Uh, on a long field goal, however, they missed as time expired and the Texans were guaranteed the NFC South. The Colts, well, in part because the Colts lost to the Raiders 33-25 and also the Titans lost to the Jaguars 38-17. Um, and the Titans, so that was kind of disappointing. I had a little bit of hope for them. I thought they could do something, but and then the quarterback guys, whatever happened to him? Uh, well, this was also the week of, um, there was uh, insult and injury this week. I'm going to call it insult and injury. The insult 
was the uh, Patriots beating up on the Jets 41-3. to Enough about that. The injuries... Well, they let, a, they let them off the hook the first uh-huh. game. Remember, they, they blew cover in the spread by just uh, not yeah. scoring at the end, and this time they really put it to the Jets. I didn't think six... I mean, look, Bryce Petty, I give him all the credit in the world. He's going out there, he's trying, but there's nobody blocking him. He's on IR again. This is after the week following where he got sandwiched by Wake and, and Dominican Sue, Cameron Wake and the, the, now boy right. can't say those names. Cameron Wake and the Dominican Sue pancaked him. So the but following doesn't, doesn't Todd Bowles, the head coach, uh, look puzzled or he, I mean, he really does look like he has the same reaction. Stomach. He's the same reaction. The Jets uh, coaches flip flop between highly emotional and very volatile. And after that, uh, act worse than, and they don't, um, you know, the, their teams don't respond anymore. They go to these calm, cool, and collected and quiet uh, coaches. They respond for a season or two, and then that act worse than, and it's just back and forth. It went from Parcells to Grohl, and then it was gonna, then it went to Herm Edwards, who was off the chains. Yeah. Then it goes to Mangini, who was, you know, he was Belichick light. And that got thin, so they go to Rex, and Rex is, whoa, in your face. That wears thin, <laughs> and now they're top to- balls. I'm telling you, the next guy is yeah, just going to be like yeah. a, a former uh, former rock star. Well, the Jets' personality is schizophrenic. I Tell mean, me about it. From day one. Yeah, I, yeah I'm know, pretty sure I know that. And the blip on the screen was Joe Namath. Wow. And Joe I trust. Um, Absolutely. So, yeah, so that was the insult. The injury, and if you're the Chargers, too, that's a bit of an insult to lose to the Browns. If you are a uh, uh, in the injury front, two giant, giant injuries. The Titans lost uh, Marcus Mariota to a fractured uh, fibula, I believe, or ankle. He's got to get mm. steel plates in. He, you know, they're questioning if he'll be ready for OTAs. Organized but he won't team. be going through airports, or if so, with the delay. No, Mark, and that's a guy who needed his, who needs his legs. We'll see how that affects him in his career. And then the other, the even larger loss is to the Raiders, the currently um, uh, currently uh, second seated. Uh, um, yeah, another ship without a captain. Derek Carr, pardon me. Derek Carr fractured his fibula, and now he Matt, was screaming in pain. I was, you know. I couldn't believe they didn't rush out with the Hurts no more. <laughs> I, I, he's, well, I was laying there rolling in pain. I know. I know. And now Matt McGloin's going to be in charge there. Uh, Matt McGloin is their backup quarterback, mm-hmm. former Penn State quarterback. So no, they're known for linebackers, aren't they? Uh, they're known for linebackers and failed uh, running backs, Blair Thomas being most That's notable. a good point. Uh, so, yeah, so the... Raiders, so the Titans lost out because they lost Mariota pretty much, although their defense didn't right. show up either. And then the Raiders, uh, even though they won, it's not looking good for them for a deep playoff run unless Matt McGloin can somehow become Jeff Hostetler. Uh, and then mm. also in the injury front, uh, Seattle lost Tyler Lockett, their uh, speedy wideout, to also... Um, That's a, he, he was a game changer. And that was a pretty bad uh, bad hit as well. Yeah. Um, because they've kind of really changed their persona. I mean, they were really a thumper-type team. And then they got that uh, Jimmy Graham, who's more of a, a receiver than a blocker. And then Lockhart, they're flashing some speed. So that personality's changed. Well, also, don't forget, for Jimmy Graham, 
their pass-catching tight end, who's more of a wide receiver than a tight end. Remember, he famously wanted to be considered a wide receiver so he could get paid like a wide receiver. Uh, so they, he didn't have to do all that dirty work. They gave up uh, their center, their starting center, Max Unger, yes, which affected the offensive line, which, which is why, along with the loss of Marshawn Lynch, they have no running game. Russell Wilson has been beaten up behind the line of scrimmage. Uh, so right. yeah, the, so what what they lost does not equal what they added. Well, it's hard to change a personality of a, of a team, and it's even harder to do it on the fly. That's very true. It's absolutely so. true. Um, and then also uh, for the Christmas night games, uh, the Steelers came back and beat the Ravens thirty-one twenty-seven to guarantee their. Uh, Fantastic game! Yet another NFC North or AF, I apologize, AFC North uh, division title over their hated rivals. And one little sign I saw there, I saw the fullback for the. Uh, he had a great run at the goal line. Oh, the Ravens for the, for the Ravens, yeah. And it kind of you know, but but all the defense is getting lighter, uh, especially in linebacker. I really think that the age of the fullback could come come to uh, fruition I because... I don't see why not. Because Well, first of all, there's no more... Aside from Ezekiel Elliott and Adrian Peterson, there's no single back runs anymore. There's no there's no one cowbell. There's no one uh, one right. running back. It's always it's all these running back by committees. That, okay, you're coming on third down, third and long well, situations. There's a lot of using of wide receiver types at running back. Yeah, Ty Montgomery, obviously. You know, you know by design and... You know, they're flashing speed, but, you know, power's still the game, I think. It is, and I think yeah, I think you're right. You will see more fullbacks. But, yeah, the big question was the fullback, they gave, the Ravens gave it to on a fullback run. And uh, he went up the middle about 10 yards out, and he was stumbling and bumbling. And, well, it was hands and feet. Right, but the question, and then, you know, uh, everybody, hindsight's twenty twenty said, well, why didn't you just lay down at the goal line? A, number one, a fullback almost never gets the ball. So how are you going to tell the fullback, hey, we're going to give you the ball. Don't well, score. Don't don't be telling people to put on the brakes. I mean, we're fans. We want to see them pedal to the metal. Right. But also in that moment, you first of all, and also, who who's, who's to say you're going to score a touchdown if you stop at the goal line? That's well, pretty presumptive. Wh- when's the next time he's going to sniff the goal line? That's true. You don't know. Well, it's not going to be during the playoffs, that's why. And how about this? How about your defense stands up and stops? If you hate these guys so much, <laughs> how about you know, hey, Antonio, it's the fourth quarter. They're going to Antonio Brown. Maybe well, we who should... would have figured the over in that game? Uh, you know, they traditionally play tight and low. True. That I mean, but that's still, that, that Steelers defense is not is not what it used to be. The offense true. is the offense, but, boy, that defense is not... Uh, then the Chiefs beat up on the Broncos to guarantee uh, the Broncos uh, not making in. Um, three out of the getting four. Back to, getting back to that fullback as a quarterback for the Chiefs. Who? Oh, Alex Smith. No, the fullback. I mean, they, they put in a, a lineman, a defensive lineman. Poe, what's his name? Three hundred. Oh, Poe. Yes, yes, yes. Something pounds, and he fakes like he's uh, the freak, running up to the line of scrimmage. Then he jumped and he did a little. Yeah. You know, basketball-type pass. Yeah. No, that's a good, that's a good point. So and that, was a, that was pretty exciting. But three out of the four, just to show you the uh, parody in the NFL, three out of the four competitors from last year's championship games did not make the playoffs this year. Carolina, Arizona, and Denver. Only New England re- remains from last year. 
Uh, but the Chiefs. Well, hopefully they'll play a you know, villain role. Well, that they always play the villain role. Come on now. And then the Cowboys continue their uh, dominance, uh, forty-two to twenty-one over the Lions on Monday night. And now, now did you mention? Yeah, uh, did you no. mention the Falcons? Falcons? I did not mention the Falcons. The Falcons uh, continued up. You know, that's what five straight weeks uh, that they've covered. Uh, Thirty-three. Well, they're averaging thirty-three and a half points a game, and they're only the twentieth team to score over five hundred. They're at five hundred two with a game remaining. Very true. That's a. I'm gonna ride. I'm gonna ride that horse right to the Super Bowl. I think you're right, ladies and gentlemen. I would like to take a small moment out of our broadcast today to quickly tell you about the only live financial call show in major market radio. It is run by a talented, young, and truly an up-and-coming star in the world of financial advisors. This person has been on Comcast, CNN, CNBC, and quoted in U.S. News and World Report, and the list goes on and on. I'm talking about Josh Jelinski, the financial quarterback. It might be Week 17 in the NFL, but for Josh Jelinski, this game is year-round. Josh hosts the Financial Quarterback Show 9 to 11 a.m. on Saturdays and 9 a.m. to 10 a.m. on Sunday mornings on 710 WOR New York and on stations around the country. He teaches people how they may be able to lower risk, minimize taxes, and maximize wealth. He's available for you for a no-cost, one-hour review of all your matters financial by calling 888-988-JOSH. That's 888-988-JOSH on your touchstone dials. He's also known as a down-and-distance play caller. He finds out where you are on the financial field and where you need to get to. As Josh would say, don't go it alone. You don't have to. So get in the huddle with the financial quarterback, Josh Jelinski. Let him customize a financial game plan for you. So then that leads us into week 17 of the NFL. Uh, Dad, what are some of your best bets this week? Well, first of all, um, before we even do that, let's talk about the games that actually matter. Uh, The big one is going to be the game for the NFC North which is going to be the Lions and the Packers. Uh, right. Whenever that wins the North. Uh, the Lions are coming home after being on the road for, I think, two weeks. Definitely one. Yeah. Uh, so, that's the, so that's a game that matters. The Redskins um, at home against the Giants. If the Redskins win, they have a, still have a well, chance that, to be in. That line moved from five to eight or something. Ridiculous. Yeah, that's ridiculous. I don't think the Redskins should be an eight-point favorite over anybody, ever. Uh, the Buccaneers are the only other team that's alive that is, that's on the outside looking in. But they need a litany of things to happen. <clears throat> the right. Buccaneers need to win their game, uh, have... The Redskins-Giants game end in a tie. Uh, the Colts win. Um, who else? San Francisco. All these different. It's, so it's very difficult for them. But they, if they win, there's still a chance. Well, uh, they're up and coming, but they're not there yet. No. So uh, what are some of your best bets this week? Well, I'm definitely going with the uh, Falcons. That line, six and a half, seven. They're at home. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm liking that a lot. Uh, usually, off teams with offensive prowess like to pump it up in the last game of the season. Right, and that so might, and this I'm might also that. this might also be Sean Payton's last game as a head coach of the Saints. So he's going to want to 
go out on top. Is that true? Well, if you believe... I wasn't, I wasn't aware of that. Well, well, I think he's going to be lured away. I thought he was under contract. No, traded. They're talking about... The rumors are oh. that they're going to trade Sean Payton uh, as head coach because, uh, as we'll get to in a second, several teams could be interested in a head coach like that. Um, well, yeah, I'm just trying to think how that would play with the team. You know, you think to, you, you know, one for the kipper, but hey, if you're, uh, you know, approving something like that, maybe not. I don't know. That's odd. Well, all I'm going to say is that over I have at 55 and a half, take the over. You think it's a track meet? I th- absolutely. The, Fal- okay. the Falcons are going to, because that's what the Falcons, they can't stop anybody on defense, but they sure can light up the scoreboard. And the Saints aren't known for defense either. And boy, Drew Brees is going to, and, and that's indoors. That's at the uh, Georgia Dome. So it's a, I, I would say right. yes, take the over there. Okay. All right. So you like the Falcons. I do like the Falcons, yeah. And I'm liking Denver over the now, um, you know, hampered uh, Raiders. Hmm. Very true. Um, but that line's down to one and a half, so that that's you know that's creeping down. Uh, well, Matt McGloin's so, interesting line there because you know I trust the uh, I trust the markets being efficient, and you know you get, take notice on those swings. Right, and I don't trust uh, the, any Bronco quarterback right now. Simeon's not. I mean, no, I don't. <laughs> no, I don't well, like they're that. Home, like... They're home, and the Raiders beat them last time. True. And, uh, you know, so. I mean, that. You know, that's, there's not. It, 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 here's the truth. There's not a huge menu this week because you can't trust an honest effort from these teams, I, I feel. No, I think. So it, I think the menu's reduced here. We're going with the daily specials, and that's about it. I think you're right. Uh, especially yeah. because and a lot of. The, yeah. No, yeah, because mm-hmm. especially a lot of teams are uh, either their coaches on the way out or they. You just don't know what's going to happen. Uh, speaking well, of the, uh, a lot of them just had the team bus warmed up. That's true. They want to get out of Dodge. Now, um, it, since it's being the holiday season, um, I'm kind of thinking about this. We've been hearing a lot about already made head coaching changes. We talked about the Jaguars, Gus Bradley being fired, Jeff Fisher being fired, and now... Rex Ryan and his brother Rob have been relieved of their duties before the Week 17 game. It reminds me of how what used to be Black Friday, you know, right. the stores open, yeah. and then now stores start to open very late on Thanksgiving. You know, sure. it's kind of like it starts a little bit early. You know, in the department stores, as soon as Halloween's right. over, yeah. their Christmas stuff is like it, it's creeping up earlier and earlier. So what would used to usually called Black Monday in the NFL the day after the final game of the season, all these head coach well, firing. You know, now we're hearing about reason, it before. That's the same reason Yogi Berra said that they don't play doubleheaders anymore because it gets later and later, earlier and earlier. That's very true. So here, here's another move. Rex Ryan fired as head coach of the Bills two years after he signed a uh, a large contract. Right. Um, and he's only... Well, that, yeah, but that tells me that they want to get the first pick out of available coaches. Sure. Um, and I'm sure that there's something to that with the Jags as well, although uh, quite honestly they should stick with Doug Marone. Uh, he did well in in Buffalo, and quite honestly that team could use you know something more consistent is Jacksonville. Um, and then, you know, the Rams, are that's L.A., that's Hollywood. They're going to want glitz, glamour, and big name, uh, something to really bite into. Um, any coaches that you think will be fired on Monday? Aside. Well, that's a great question. I wish I did know that. 
How about this? Um, I know some that should. Well, let's let, let's kind of I'll throw out the names, yes or no. How about Todd okay. Bowles? Oh yes, but I don't think so. Right, he's too nice of a guy, and that's a shame. Yeah, uh, John Fox in Chicago. No, I don't think they can do better. Actually, I think he's done pretty good considering you know what he's got to work with. And they've given they've but gi- but but you know it's interesting because his career's gone downhill. I mean, he was a rising star at one time. He was compared with Belichick as the young, bright minds, best coaches in the league when he was with the Panthers. Yeah, and even and before then they they faded. They went to um, they went to Denver. That didn't work out. Now Chicago. So yeah, you yeah. know, just think if you were booking rooms. True. How about downside. how about Mike McCoy in San Diego? Think about yeah, that one. I mean, I don't, I, you know, that's a, I don't know, that's tough because they're talking about moving to the franchise, right? Uh, so how do you do that with instability? Or well, I think, know, well, I think I, that I don't think that's going to happen. They're going to be there for a couple more years. I think that got worked out. Uh, Chip Kelly in San Francisco. Oh, they should for sure be gone. I mean, that guy is a, a bust. He's an NFL bust. Yeah. The players he wears on them really fast. Um, yeah. You know, it's it's over. The show's over. But Oregon hired a coach, so, you know, where's he going? He's you know, he's going to have to, just like uh, Lane Kiffin did, he's going to have to rebuild his good credit. Uh, he's going to have to go to, I don't know. Yeah, hopefully he does school. it elsewhere. Small school. Uh, I'm trying to think. Um, as, as bad as it sounds, and, you know, we talked about before, but if the team's starting to just do what they want, maybe there's something to that. Mike Zimmer, out of in Minnesota. Well, I think he's not going to go because um, that was a tough situation with the quarterback change. You know, surprising they did as well as they did. Not only that, but then um, they had to retool their offense when Adrian Peterson again got injured. Yeah, so that that that's a tough call. Okay. Uh, yeah, I think that's about it. Everybody else really like I've heard Bruce Arians. I'm like, no, Bruce Arians should stay in Arizona. He's fine. Um who else? Um But can he ever make the you know, can he break over the edge? Well that's the question with him. I mean, he takes uh, offense, he takes a lot of chance, throws a lot of deep balls, puts a quarterback under pressure. They've got a good running back, so they don't have to worry about that. I, I think they I don't know. And you can't love to play for him. Yeah, I think it, it, this is just a bad year. They just need a little bit retooling, and they'll be okay. Maybe maybe a quarterback who doesn't uh, turn it over five times a game. Um, and I've also heard Chuck Pagano's name. Like, mm, I think that... Oh, you, oh for uh, the for Colts? Colts. I think that the general manager should go before the head coach because what, what defense and what offensive line do they have? Yeah, but they, there's a draft every year. What are they doing about that? I, don't I mean, know. it's shocking. I mean, they're wasting a talent, know. a great talent with luck. Oh um, and he just—I mean, the, the, any quarterback that wears a flak jacket, you know that something's going on. Um, <laughs> yeah, he's, getting, he's taking a brutal body beating. That's what's going on. I mean, the man, like the la- last year, he, they, he, people were almost saying that he was going to retire, like to the point where he he can't play anymore. He's going to retire. He did fine. Oh, you this mean year. that was after the lacerated liver? Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. All that stuff again. Who's protecting this man? Uh, so that goes all to that. So all right, so some interesting things, some interesting things there, as well. Well, the other interesting thing I was thinking about. Um, with the with the Cowboys and you know Romo and you know is he going to play and the owner Jerry Jones would like him to play, 
mm-hmm. in the playoffs. So I'm wondering, will they, like I'm saying, let's say they get to the Super Bowl, they're trailing at the half. Do you put them in? Um, Romo? You yeah. know, and do you do what they did with Timmy Smith when uh, George Rogers for the Redskins in the Super Bowl, I think that was 22. He played right. the first play of the game, and they never told Timmy Smith, the rookie, he'd be playing. And then he put him in, and he ended up, at the time, having the record, uh, right? You know, rushing day for Super Bowl. I I don't know. You know, like what's going on with that? I mean, if you're another team, you have to you have to prepare as if he might come in. No. Yeah. No, I think you're right. And I think he could help the deep ball game. You know, if, if he jumped in there. Mm. Yeah, because that that's the part that Prescott lacks, right? Uh, yeah, but also don't forget, uh, I I have no problem with the Cowboys playing their stars as much as possible. They have a week off, and especially with these young kids, well, that's the perfect time to prepare for something like that. Right, where Romo could take some snaps with you know first team. Yeah, it, it goes either ways. There's something to either side of that. So, um. Other new. Let's move over to baseball for a few moments. Uh, the Dodgers re-signed Justin Turner, their free agent third baseman. Uh, former, who, former Met. Former, given up on Met uh, yet again. Um, but he was a big name, and but there he was trying to command a giant, you know, a large contract. Uh, I forget. But when the, he was with the Mets, they said he didn't really have a position, like maybe first base. Well, third base is his position. He's playing it quite right, fine. And, exactly. And, and funny. Now the Mets need a third baseman. Hmm. Interesting. Uh, so right. he resigns with the Dodgers. The Dodgers just flush with cash and spending it as fast as they earn it. Um, uh, and then there's a lot of talk with the Yankees making these deals, uh, especially with the White Sox. It seems like the Yankees and the White Sox are the biggest uh, trading um, movers right now. Uh, there's talk about the Yankees getting uh, Andrew McCutcheon for right. the outfield uh, as a three-way deal with the White Sox, and now there's more talk about uh, White Sox moving their uh, uh, their next star pitcher, uh, Jose uh, uh, Quintanilla, um, uh, to the Yankees, along with David Robertson as part of that what? deal. And now, well, David, what are they getting if they're given all this? I mean, they were kind of a surprise team. Don't Early for, in the season, they they. They lead forward. Don't and forget the Yankees. lost ground link, but right. that's not a bad team. But don't forget, the Yankees got the equivalent of 12 minor leaguers during the uh, second half of the year from the trade deadline when they traded yeah. away Aroldis Chapman and Carlos Beltran and, right. uh, you know, Ivan Nova and all these. Other, they got 12 um, high up and really good prospects, 12 yeah. of them. That they can move around, so they so they're just going to send all the uh, not all of them. They're going to send a good amount, and if it's something that they can get now, remember they have Chapman, they have uh, uh, Batances right. in the bullpen. They worked last year with Andrew Miller, so they, they can wheel and deal. Yeah, they've got the room, and you know they want to do that, um, and that's what the Yankee uh, team will do. However, uh, Yankee Stadium continues to alienate its fans to the point where who's going to come and see these people? Uh, play the games. Uh, in All the, they have to do is win, and the place is packed. However, I don't know if you've heard. So, in the lower section, when you walk in, if you've for those who haven't been to Yankee Stadium, when you walk in first, you walk in through the gate, and there's like this outside part. That's you know, it's it's the glitz and the glamour. It's the mystique mm-hmm. and aura of Yankee Stadium. Then you walk in more to it, and there's the lower bowl, like the you know, the 
the good seats, the really expensive seats. You used to be able to look out, especially around um, home behind home plate. You could mm-hmm. look out and see. Uh, but now what they did is put these f- dark frosted glasses, not what? so not so it blocks your view of the state, but you cannot get a good view when you first walk in. You have to like go up and then you can, you'll be like Wilson from Home Improvement. You Just your eyes are looking out <laughs> over. You know, because... Really? Because well, what's the purpose? I, I don't know. I mean, don't forget, this is the uh, same team who uh, their president said, you know, a cert, only certain types of people should be sitting in those really expensive behind the, uh, behind the home plate. Seats. Uh, that was one of them Bernie Madoff? Oh, uh, that's the wrong team. I'm uh, sorry. Yeah, that's the wrong team. To the point where John Oliver, and I give him a lot of credit for this, bought those tickets and, you know, basically <laughs> gave them to people who dressed in ridiculous costumes to be seen to let them know, look, all right, you want to say all this, but look, we get the last laugh. So now good, they're adding, the, you know, it's sort of that privacy, like, no, we can't have the regular people. Because there's no way, because right. everybody, right. whether you have upper deck seats or you have lower bowl seats or you sit in the bleachers, that's your entrance into it. And that's where all that excellent, look, they have excellent food at Yankee Stadium. I'm not a Yankee fan. I think that thing is but the, now, I call but it. Now foot, but doesn't football have, like, boxes for Right. For those type things? Yeah, but they have boxes, but they, they don't say, like, no, you can't look out over here. Like, boxes right, are, right, you, you right. take an elevator up there from the outside. Here, you yeah. have to go in, and then you're like, oh, right this way, come up these yeah. elevators. So what is it, like a maze that they walk you through? Uh, where? At, at a, the Yankee Stadium. Not a maze, but, like, they're they're sort of like... It's restricted. Uh, yeah. To an extent, but also like if you're if you're standing in line to get some primo food, you also want to be able to watch the games. Well, apparently, you know some of those uh, really highfalutin people don't want to be looked at by normal people, so they want to, you know, right, uh, keep right. it to themselves. They want to be exclusive, gated off. It's all it's always exclusivity, isn't it? Yeah, so, it is. All right. Um, yeah, you want to be treated special, sure. Of course, who doesn't? Well, apparently, that's all they're used to. So. Uh, and then uh, college football playoffs coming up. Really, it's only a couple days away. Uh, Washington versus Alabama, number four versus number one in the uh, Chick Fil A. Who, who, who do you like there? Uh, you have to like Alabama. Um, but right. I, I saw an interesting stat: Chris Peterson, he of the um, uh, late two thousands uh, Boise State mm-hmm. teams. Uh, he's five and zero against uh, top ten teams in his career as oh. a coach. So there's something to that, and don't forget the you know the '07 uh, Boise State pulled off that amazing game against uh, Oklahoma in the Fiesta Bowl that year, right? You right, know, with right. the hook and the lateral and the Statue of Liberty play and all this stuff, um, a fantastic game, fantastic game. Um, so I, you can never count him out. However, it's really is, hard. Is magic a commodity? No, uh, I mean, is that hey, something you can inject? Uh, how does that work? I don't know. Well, the, hey, college athletics is the home of Cinderella. It just hasn't made its <laughs> it hasn't made its way into the uh, football portion of it, but it might just this year. That's uh, root for it, sure. That's what I'm for, absolutely. You know, Alabama. It gets tiresome seeing Alabama every year. Yeah. Um So at the on the one hand, I I don't want to see them. But win. you'd be disappointed if you didn't see them. Yeah, yeah. Kind of, you know, it, it, Goliath. Ha- Goliath has to be there. You know, the Yankees. Ha- it's sure. no fun when these teams aren't good. So there's that game, and then in the uh, PlayStation Fiesta Bowl. Talking, speaking of the Fiesta Bowl, is uh, Ohio State versus Clemson. That one's a tough toss-up. I like Deshaun Watson at quarterback for Clemson. 
Um, but now, some, there's some trash talking I was hearing from defensive backs. Yeah, talking about Ohio State Barrett, the quarterback. He's 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 more with his legs than his arms. So you know they're trying to get some chatter going there. They are. Um, I mean, of those quarterbacks, J.T. Barrett or Deshaun Watson, I, I personally would rather have Deshaun Watson. And there's a reason why he's highly touted as as a top five pick in the NFL draft, maybe even the number one pick in the draft. Well, he's a bit of a self-promoter. So as they say in Texas, we're fixing the sick. <laughs> so I would I would think that on uh, for the, I think it was January 8th or 9th, the right. uh, the college football championship game, I think you might see Ohio State and Alabama again. Um, oh, oh, in the uh, what is that? The SF, the FSB Bowl, or whatever right. uh, JMU is playing in. Oh well, that's the. Uh, um, it's called the Football uh, Championship Subdivision, so FCS. Um, Alabama okay. and Ohio State they play in the FBS. The football and that used to be what Division Two. Yeah, Division that... Division Two. Well, they, I forget I, what they call technically, it it's still Division Two, but uh, they've changed it so it's not as demeaning. So it's now it's the FCS Football Championship Subdivision, whereas the uh, what is known as Division One is the Football Bowl Subdivision. So that's so they avoid rank shaming. Yes, I think there there's something to that. Um, but yeah. Well, anyway, your sister's going to the game, and your cousin. So, okay. Aaron and Sammy will be off on a plane to Frisco, Texas. They are, uh, yes, they are uh, alumni of uh, James Madison University. Who's Dukes. Playing, playing, what is it, um, Young's, Youngtown's, uh, what is it? Yes. Youngstown, Youngstown, Youngstown yeah. State, I believe. Youngstown State for the uh, football uh, championship, subdivision yeah. championship. On game. ESPN, 12 o'clock, the, ESPN 2. The day before... The um, yes. the uh, uh, college football playoff. The real championship. Yes. yes. So it's the uh, appetizer before the main course. To put there you go. And they got a lot of team speed and a very exciting group of kids. So take I a look yourself. I think so. All right. Well, Dad, thanks very much for joining me this week. Well, it's been fun, son. And remember, uh, don't forget, uh, if on January 1st, that's the day of the NFL, what would usually be Rose Bowl and Sugar Bowl, that's January 2nd on a Monday. So, uh, Well, end. I'll be dressed as a nutcracker, and <laughs> I'll be cooking for 25. Uh, you're invited, by the way. Well, thank you very much. I appreciate that. Oh, I almost forgot. Fancy football. Uh, in the Everyman Sports League, I made right. it to the semifinal but lost. So I'm currently in a battle against our friend Alex. Oh, we also forgot to talk about that, and we'll get that to that in a second. Um, Alex for third place in the uh, Everyman Sports League. Uh, it's the, over? Uh, one you, guys don't, you don't have a game next week? We play 17 weeks. We play nice. all 17. The majority and, and the common way to play fantasy football is week 16 because, as we mentioned before, week 17 is such a crapshoot. You don't know what's going to happen. You don't know what kind of effort is going to be out there. Some people are just waiting for that bus, so it's a lot harder to play. But, again, the ritual of playing during the NFL season – Where's the fun in just stopping at week 16? Of course. Let's do it's 17. a marathon. Everybody knows that. That's what I say. So, week 17, we have the championship. I will be playing in the third place game. In our finals will be uh, my friend Peter uh, against uh, another one of our friends, Glenn. 
uh, for the title. So we'll, we'll, whoever wins that is welcome onto the podcast. Well, Glenn, Glenn has may, been a, may the best handicapper win. <laughs> Glenn has been a guest on the program, so he's more than welcome to come back on as well. Uh, in, a, in another league of mine, uh, a private league that I do with uh, a small group of friends, I won. So this is my third straight year with a championship uh, in different really? leagues. Really? Yep. So and how I, did you, how did your wife do? Um, fourth place. Okay. Which respectable. Hey, nothing to sneeze at. Look. No. Uh, so that's that's how that works. Uh, and then in my public league, I stunk. I was in eighth place. So, you know, you can't win them all. Two no. out of th- well, didn't didn't Meadloaf say two out of three ain't bad? So I, yeah, <laughs> I think that there is something to that. Uh, True. Speaking of Alex, um, he alerted me to this, and as did you. But the uh, Swansea City, uh, who hired yeah. Bob Bradley, um, the, the American uh, soccer coach, the first American soccer coach to um, coach a English Premier League team, was fired after eleven games. Uh, Alex, uh, why? Uh, well, specifically speaking, uh, Swansea City is near the bottom. In the Premier League, they have relegation. So if you're in okay. the bottom, in the bottom of the league, you move to like the next division down. So imagine for the second, for a second, if mm-hmm. um, uh, the te- um, I'm trying to think of a bad team. Oh, the Oakland Athletics were very bad this year. If uh, Major League Baseball had relegation, uh, the Athletics would be in Triple A next year. And wow. then if they would win their Triple A league they could move back up to Major League Baseball. Oh, so you got to prove yourself there. Right. So basically, so after 11 games with uh, Swansea City being just above the relegation line, and right. um, they decided, well, this isn't working. Uh, Alex has a bit of a statement on it, if I may read. Uh, quote, it's a bit more of a statement on the Premier League in general. Managers, especially those without any sort of track record, are given hardly any time to start having success. They are pretty limited means as, there are pretty limited means as an owner can take to try and turn around a bad performing teams, especially outside of transfer windows, like when they get like, oh, we're going to mm. rent this player for a couple months. Uh, right. So managers are normally the first casualties of ANSI owners. Um, and don't forget, a lot of times um, these clubs are like the Packers. They're run by not just one person, but they're, you know, group, they're group owned. Yeah, group owned, like much other Packers are. Um, right. So they're public, kind of a public team. Yeah, and if things don't work out, you know, the people get ANSI, especially in, in – right. uh, in European soccer. In a democracy, they're going to take action. Yeah, uh, and boy, do they. So <laughs> I don't think it's going to be the last uh, American uh, as manager uh, or coach right. of a soccer team in the English Premier League. However, I don't think it will be too soon because I you know, I couldn't even tell you another. Like even the United States men's team, uh, national team, their coach is, uh, I think, Dutch. So... You know, right. it, it kind of goes both ways. But this is akin to uh, I, I just I um, the example I gave was Yogi Berra. I think it was what eighty five being fired after right. a six and ten start by George Steinbrenner. Six and ten, and Yogi Berra gets fired. <laughs> that was an impatient man, uh, but he loved to win. He did, but six and, and ten. And he loved to collect trophies. Well, yeah, but six and ten in baseball, like that's uh, no, come I on, know. slow down. So whatever. Well, he was never treated fairly. No, and that's why he had such a public uh, falling out with Steinbrenner. He didn't go back until right. just before um, uh, Barra's death. Or not just before, well, but... I was never a Yankee fan, but I was a big Yoo-Hoo fan. So. 
So I saw a lot of uh, Yogi Berra. Sure. Now, um, uh, did you know a fact that you can drop on people? Uh, the day they reconciled uh, was the day, and you know they had a Yogi Berra day at Yankee Stadium. Right. That was the day of David Cohn's uh, perfect game. Wow. So a did you know the day that they reconciled and had Yogi Berra day, David Cohn pitches a uh, perfect game. So that was a big so day. The, star, the stars were aligned. Oh boy, were they! So, all right, Dad. Well, now I'm going to have to say goodbye to you, and uh, we will see okay. you. We will see you New Year's Day, and friends, you can also uh, find us uh, and call us and talk about whatever you want. Six two six four two seven seventy six seventy eight. That's six two six four two seven. 7678. Thank you very much, Dad. You're welcome, son. Andrew, thank you very much. This has been another episode of Everyman Sports. The show's music is Cold Funk by Kevin McLeod and is licensed under CC Attribution 3.0. Everyman Sports can be found on Facebook.com, where you can like it to receive updates and news. Visit Everyman Sports in the iTunes Store to leave a review of the show. Also, Visit everymansports.podbean.com directly to comment and support. Everyman Sports can be contacted directly at everymansports at gmail.com.